the revelation of Jesus Christ. It was probably written by the Apostle John while in exile on the island of Patmos, off the coast of present-day Turkey. It was addressed to seven actual churches, and Revelation begins with letters from Christ himself to these churches, letters that include commendation, criticism, and comfort. Then comes a long series of visions and judgment on the wicked, all in highly symbolic language. The church is depicted under great distress, but is assured of the final triumph of Jesus as he is King of kings and Lord of lords, bringing to an end the rebellion of humanity and ushering in a new heaven and a new earth, where God himself will reign forever and ever. Revelation was likely written between A.D. 95 and 96. Welcome back to episode five of the Make the Time podcast. I'm Carson. I'm Parker. I'm Blake. And I'm Andy. And it's good to be back. How are y'all feeling? Good. Finally back. Yeah, it's yeah. good to see you again. You're healthy this week. Yeah, somewhat healthy. It's good to have Andy here, even though, Andy, uh, why don't you tell him, you know, about you getting here late and forgetting we had a podcast today. Yeah, I'm, um, so actually I have a good, I have a good excuse, Maybe. kind of. It's oh, not sorry. a good excuse, but in my mind, it's a good, it's let's, a great excuse. Let's hear it. Um, so when, over Christmas, I got a, a sampler kit of cologne from my mom. And so I finally got around to, uh, to like, I, I sprayed them on little sticky notes and wrote down which one it was. So that way I could like smell each one and be like, mm, I, I, you know, trying to figure out which one I want. Yeah. And I, I made a decision. Um, but I, I got caught up in the moment, man, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, we, it's about what we said to be here at seven. It was about seven fifteen. Andy calls me, he goes, Hey, I forgot we were doing that today. I'll be there shortly. <laughs> what? So. To be fair, me we were all kind of late. Does uh, does sniffing cologne have the same effect as like sniffing Sharpie? Is that or gasoline? What I would hope. I love the smell of gas for real. I don't know what's in cologne. Like chemicals, probably Probably chemicals. I mean, probably not the healthiest thing to sit there and sniff. I mean, but it's like good smelling chemicals. How's your head feel? Yeah, you feel lightheaded. How's your head feel? Dizzy. Maybe that's why you forgot we were Maybe. recording today. I see. I have a medical excuse. Because usually you're pretty good about being placed on. I know. Yeah. Hey, that's that's a lot. That's a lot coming. You y'all heard him. You heard him say he's pretty it. good about being on time places. I will give it to him. Sometimes. I wasn't back in high school. I was like awful about that. I'd like I'd promise to show up at Wendy's and I'd like. I that's grab, your first mistake. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I grabbed Panda Express on the way home because I forgot a phone call that I made like five minutes ago. That mm. <laughs> boy slick. Well, uh, today we're going to be diving into Revelation 2. Yeah. Kind of going back to that, um, you know, Bible study type podcast we did on our very first episode. Mm-hmm. Or a, a chapter study, I guess. Yeah. What, yeah. 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 We're going over Revelation 2. Um, I think it's something we all really enjoy, and I think a lot of people really benefited from the first podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think going into Revelation is going to be real fun. Um, I think a lot of times people look at Revelation and they're like, Oh my goodness, this is not for me. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand. And I think what we want to really accomplish with this episode is we want to give you kind of a chunk of revelation that is probably the most easily, I would say, the most easily um, interpreted, but also to show you that hey, this is an extremely relevant book. Um, it's directly applicable to you in your life, and we want to encourage you guys um, after this to go more into Revelation and study more. Uh, into that scripture, and uh, I think it'll it'll bring a lot of spiritual benefit for you if you do. Definitely, definitely. So let's go ahead and get reading into chapter two. Um, does someone want to get in the first? So it's broken up into letters in my Bible. 
So one mm-hmm. through seven is the letter to the church of Ephesus. So, uh, and yeah. we might, hey, we might even go a little into chapter three because some of the letters are in that chapter. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely can. We will see though. Um, Parker, you look like you're uh, hankering for a reading, so I'm hankering for a reading. You're hank. <laughs> I don't even know why I use that figure of speech. He got so excited. He got so excited. I love it. All right, Revelation chapter two, verse one. Parker, go ahead. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. You want me to read through seven? Um, read through, yeah, read yeah, through seven. Okay. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. It's good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. I so think let's this, break it down. Oh yeah, go I ahead. think this is the most relatable out of all. Oh the yeah, so modern day yeah. churches and Christianity, especially I feel like in this area, maybe the South specifically, the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Just kind of yeah. Um, so well, maybe of, I don't know. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that. Kind of like for me, it's kind of like going through the motions. This chapter speaks like going through the motions is like the theme for me. Um, I don't know. What do y'all think? I think what I see is there is an abundance of head knowledge. And and theologically and doctrinally, uh, the church in Ephesus is killing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're it's it's like it said, they're calling out false teachers. They're holding true to to true doctrine. They're calling out false doctrine. Um, And that's a great thing. And I think probably one of the, the um, most important things we need to hit on is that tone shift. He says, yet I have this against you. And think about this, right? He only has one thing against them in, in, in the face of multiple good things, right? But what is, what is the, um, the consequence that Jesus is presenting here when he says, you have this one thing that I hold against you, that if you don't repent, even in spite of all this good, I'm going to remove um, and it says in, in the scripture, literally, remove your lampstand from its place. Um, now, I've heard interpretations where, you know, it sounds like he might remove his spirit from that church. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that's the case. Um, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Yeah. But uh, either way, it doesn't sound good. And so in, in spite of all those good things, you have abandoned this one thing. And this one thing is so important, and it's that they've abandoned the love which they had first. And think about this. Um, love is a, a foundation for the church. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, Christ is the cornerstone, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. I like it. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul was talking about, you know, I, I can do all these things. I can prophesy. I can even have faith. But if I don't have love, then I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, like, like you said, you know, it's just a 
you know, like if you have all this theology and, you know, know all, all this head knowledge, but if you don't have love in the church, amongst the church, then, then what, what are we doing? You know? Well, you know, like you also hear that God is love. So like. Oh, yeah. I, I have like something to say have, about that after you're done. Yeah, like if God is love, but you're abandoning your first love, then are you loving God? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like, yeah. And this might not always be like the easiest yeah. spot either. Yeah. You know, like you go to a church and you go through the service and you see all these people and from the outside looking in, you're like, man, this is, you know, this is the church. Like this is the church that, you know, is doing everything right. And by the books they are, but you know, it's still missing that vital part of the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think going back to, and that's a great point. Yeah. Um, but going back to what Blake said, uh, the scripture where it says God is love. Um, is that in second Corinthians 13 as well? Um, I can't remember. God is, I think that's first John. First yeah. John. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew it was somewhere in there. <laughs> somewhere in them 66 books. But uh, I think it's really important that we, you know, so it says God is love, but is God only love? Yeah. It's first John. Are there other things chapter though? Chapter four for reference. I was just saying, yeah, like that's a good point. But, oh, I thought you, I thought no, you were, no. I thought you were giving me like no. the devil's advocate, like, no, no, yeah, he is an idiot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, okay, no. I'll break your no. other ankle. No, no. Blake. no I'm kidding, Go I'm ahead. kidding, I'm Come kidding. Come on, Andy. Come on. Oh, Blake just hit the camera. Oh, Blake, right. what was your one job? When we don't, hit don't hit the camera with your good ankle. It's okay. But going back, um, the way I've heard it explained to me, and because, and the reason I'm wanting to hit on this is because I have a, a really, um, a really close friend who he has fallen away from the faith. He um, now denies it. And uh, this was the, the conversation. And we, we still have a great relationship. And, um, you know, he's a wonderful guy. And we had a wonderful conversation about this. And he was asking me, well, if God is love, then explain the Old Testament. And uh, it's like the brutality yeah, of the Old Testament. And the problem is what's happening is the the image that, because we grew up in, in the same circles, right? Mm -hmm. The picture of God that he was provided was a an incomplete picture, right? God is love, yes, but that was the only thing that he was really fed, I guess. There is nothing about his righteousness. There is nothing about his righteous anger, his righteous wrath, um, you know, his, his justness, right? But um, the way I've heard it explained, imagine you have like a, a 2D, a person like in 2D, and then you try and bring a three-dimensional object into there, right? And if, depending on how you change the angle, a two-dimensional being can only see in two dimensions, right? Hopefully I'm not, like, I'm, I, I still got y'all. Um, if a three-dimensional object is brought in and out through the plane, right? He's only seeing parts of that object in 2D. And so depending on the orientation, he might see a square or he might see a triangle or he might see um, a pentagon, right? Depending on the orientation, he's seeing one aspect of this shape, right, at a time. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's like when we try to understand God, it's like, well, we see love, we see his wrath, we see his wisdom, we see his uh, judgment. How do we rectify all of these things? How can all these different things be the same God? And I think it's important for us to realize that, yes, it's going to be challenging to rectify that because God is 
above our level, right? He, he's beyond what we can understand. It's physically impossible for the, the mortal man to have a complete understanding of God, period, in this life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's, I really wanted to hit on that. And um, I don't know, maybe that ties back into the scripture. Maybe it doesn't. I, I just felt like that was a really important thing to, to mm -hmm. hit on. I know a lot of people want to play, play devil's advocate and be like, well, how can a loving God only make one way to heaven? Yeah. And it's such yeah. like entitled, like you don't deserve any way to heaven. Yeah. You know? And if you look at it from that way, I think it helps. Like mm -hmm. instead of looking like, how is there only one way to heaven? You know, through Jesus, how is there only one way? You know, I've heard that a lot with unbelievers. Like you don't even deserve that one way. Look at it from that way. Like you, you don't deserve it. And when you look at it from that way, I think it changes your perspective from like entitlement to thankfulness that there's even a way to yeah. eternal life. That's, good. That's like putting a, a prisoner in death row and then acquitting him and letting him out, opening the, the one cell door. And he's like, well, why wouldn't you open the window too? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Who like, cares? Yeah. Walk out of the cell, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. It's good. But um, the next thing uh yet yeah, this you have you hate the work of the nicolaitans i did a little research and i knew um, that was coming he gave, <laughs> he gave me the eyes like the the andy eyes that like i i know this i, know I got it. this one Go for it. um so essentially the nicolaitans teachings were uh what we call hyper grace right um everything's fine god loves you um you don't have to change anything about yourself um, and, and God is just going to be fine with whatever you are. Right. And so obviously that's a, that's what we would call a heresy because if God was fine with the way that we are, there wouldn't be a gospel. There wouldn't, it wouldn't have required God himself to come down in the flesh, right. Incarnate as Jesus Christ, right. Um, or Jesus Christ incarnate as man. Um, it would not have required his brutal, death and execution on the cross and then subsequent resurrection. Um, yeah. And he also, he probably wouldn't have said those words too, like, repent, yeah, repent, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Mm -hmm. A call to repentance. He would, if, if God was just okay with the way that you are right now, there would be no call to repent. And mm -hmm. so, um, I think we talked about it a little earlier. Um, like last month, a few episodes ago, maybe it was just last episode, talking about the balance between love and truth. And I think that's exactly the the battle that we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that's good too. And how you were saying, just like how the um, how you say them? The <laughs> yeah, go, ahead, go ahead and say it. The the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans. It's like Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Um, Nickelodeons. Whatever. <laughs> um, but like you know. How they're like, <laughs> sorry, you caught me off guard. How they're just like, like you're fine, mm -hmm. God, whatever. I think that's if you put it into like a present day type thing, I think there's a lot of churches that do that. Oh, yeah, oh, you're fine, everything's fine, God's fine, you're fine. Um, and it, you know, real fine, yeah, it's just real <laughs> fine. And that's what that's where you get your like lukewarm type churches mm -hmm. and Christians or a soft church, and um. It, at that point, it's a corrupted church, right? Because, That's true. Yeah, you know they're, you know they're they're based on like their own feelings and oh I'm fine, we're fine, <laughs> and 
uh, we're going to see how many times yeah. we can get away with saying the word we'll say fine, fine in this yeah. episode. But um, um, hope y'all, y'all please fine. y'all be counting and give us a count. I got a I got a, a fine button I keep pressing. So over keep saying <laughs> over <laughs> under forty. Submit your guesses. What's the over under? Yeah. But you you were saying I cut you off. You were saying something. No, I was just saying like there's like a, a fine line between. Oh gosh, I said it again. <laughs> between like being like a, a soft church and like a, a dedicated church. Does that make sense? Well, you yeah. should come at it from a place yeah. of love. Too. Yeah, at a place yeah. of love. Is what I'm saying like a dedication of love mm-hmm. and not a you know a dedication of brocade. Well, how many times do we, we see this with like college students and we go to classes where they're like, I'm fine, you know, yeah. it's only four years. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see this like, I know a lot of guys and girls will be like, I'll just wait till I'm out of college, you know, then I can get my, my life together. But for these four years, I'm fine. You know, God still loves me. He'll still forgive me for everything. And while it's, yes, true, but he's also, you know. Yeah, the, the, I think the God. last statistic I ever heard on um, on that, so the, I think it's 80% of youth who graduate high school and go to college, 80% never come back to church. And the vast majority of them probably have that mindset. Mm-hmm. It's it's all right. It's totally cool. It's yeah. fine. Or they'll pop in, you know, once a month or once every two months. Yeah, just enough to make just, themselves feel good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they can tell people, yeah, I went. It wasn't too long ago. Mm-hmm. Or but, even convince. I think one of the worst things that one of the worst feelings that you can have in the end, it's a good thing. But one of the worst feelings you can have is when God is dealing with you through conviction, and that that internal battle is happening. And I think. A lot of times people, I mean, they'll do just enough to satisfy that sense of guilt in them, right? Like, I went I went to church this month. We're cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, I think it's it's really important that we, uh, we remind ourselves and others we must be dedicated to um, doing all things that we do because of a fervent love for Jesus Christ, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that just the, like, this is a very convicting, like, um, passage of scripture right here, you know, it's, um, because just the word repentance, you know, I think repentance kind of has a bad rap too sometimes, and there's, there's also a difference between, like, repentance and confession, because confession is like confessing the Lord, but repentance is like actually, actually turning, turning around and actually walking up and like, and doing the complete 180 of what you were doing, um, and that was just, um, you know, convicting, like, because you can go to church and be doing all these things, but inwardly, like, in your heart, like, are you truly repenting from from what God is calling you to repent from? And that that was just, you know, a convicting passage right there. Well, if you thought that was convicting, you just wait. Oh. <laughs> we got six more to go. Oh. You know, and, I mean, we'll dive into the scriptures, but, with this being so convicting, it's also very like encouraging to you know know more about the depth of mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. Um, and not you know just focus on the key notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's also like a check yourself, yeah. you know. If you're, I mean, you can be anybody, but especially if you're a church leader or a ministry leader, like you know, is my ministry, is my church, does it have love? Does it have yeah. these things? Or are we just you know full of head knowledge? Yeah, and also just checking yourself in your personal walk with yep. Christ as well. Definitely. Um, Making sure that your that love is your number one when you wake up in the morning. Love and Christ. That's good stuff. And I I had a question. Sorry. Yeah, Um, go ahead. In verse four, I was going to ask y'all about this um, and ask y'all what translation it says. Yet I hold this against you: you have forsaken 
the love you had at first. Did y'all say a different word? Mine says abandoned. Abandoned? Mine says left. Left. The, you know, the new game person. person. Mine says abandoned. Abandoned. And so what do y'all think what do y'all think that kind of means? What's your say again? Uh forsaken. Forsaken. Well, to abandon something, you had to have it at first, you know, yeah. and then leave it. Yeah. And it's a difference between like you had it, between never having it and having it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I lean with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had it at one point. The Church of Ephesus had this at one point, and they've left it, abandoned it, forsaken it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good reminder for us. We can start, and we can be in a great place as a church, as individuals, but if we're not careful, you know, if we're not um, intentionally and consistently trying to pursue the right thing, right, pursue Christ over all things, then we can just as easily come to abandon what we have, you know? Um, so I think even that, I'm glad you you asked that um, because even that's a great, great thing to remember. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, you can still fall into idleness, you know? Because yep. yeah. yep. they might not have even been aware of that um, just because they were doing these things like, you know, going to church and doing that and everything. And I, I, I just like really love this passage because it showed, you know, showed me, you know, just, I feel like I've just been in a place kind of where I have been going to church and been doing those things, but, um, you know, like, it's also not to forget my love for Jesus, because um, I, you know, like, for when I first say that I had that passion, you know, and sometimes when you're doing the Lord's work, sometimes you can forget about the love part. Mm-hmm. We talked about that not too long ago, and like, yeah. restore, what is the psalm, restore me to the joy of my salvation, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that kind of ties in right there. Um, yeah, I think we're also, all guilty of that. I think here's a great question, um, or I guess y'all can be the judge of that. Uh, how? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Sorry, I even asked it. Um, how do we love Jesus? That's a good question. It's a really good question. I think to truly love Jesus, you have to truly appreciate His love for us. And I think once you have an understanding of just His true love for you, it helps you love Him better. That I don't know if that answered the question, but it made sense in my I think head. it yeah, no, I, I, I think it does. I think mentally, like I guess I guess that was more of a why than a how. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't know, that's what popped in my head so I went with it. <laughs> Follow your heart. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't, do don't that. ever do that. <laughs> Unless you have the desires of your heart. Like, no. No. What? Yeah. I just hit the mic. Wait, what whoa, did... whoa. 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 Okay. What? I don't I don't even know. <laughs> Um, I popped in Parker like, and yeah, and Blake. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? How do we how do we love Jesus? Uh, well, I'm, first verse that pops in my head. I think it's John. I think he, Jesus says, "If you love me, you will obey my commands." Bingo. And that's um, what I was thinking. Yeah, and I, I think that that's really good because if you claim to love somebody and then do the exact opposite of what they ask you to do, and I mean, is it, are you really loving? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I think the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that loving and obeying is what you have to, you know, discern that that's the kind of the same thing. You know, the more I look back, and, and I promise this is relevant, the more I look back on the way that my parents raised me, the more I understand, oh, I see what you were doing there. Um, and that's because my mom, uh, whenever I would, you know, pitch a fit over uh, something that she asked me to do, right? Um, even, even down to like the, the shirt that I wore on uh, to church, right? 
the simple things. If she told me to do something, I needed to do it. And if I fought back at all, the first thing she would she would do, she'd get eye level with me. She'd be like, Andy, do you love me? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, then do do what I say. And so, and 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 when I found that in scripture, I was like, my mom is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And and it made sense, you know. Um, so hey, if there's if there's any parents listening, um, there's a there's a trick that it'll work, but you won't see the benefit until like ten years yeah. later, yeah. later, 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 one day, one, one day. of these days. Yeah. Your kids might recognize it. <laughs> but anyway, we oh, go ahead. You want to get? I was just gonna say, you ready to move on? To yeah, the next I, I think we spent letter uh, to Smyrna enough time here, on, starting in yeah. verse eight. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead. And yeah, go, go for it. Letter to the letter to Smyrna that we start in. This is verses eight through eleven. It says, "Write to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Thus says the first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life." I know your affliction and poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into the prison to test you, and you will experience affliction for ten days. Be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will never be harmed by the second death. That's all. That's a very heavy yeah, couple of verses. Yeah. I'm reminded of a song. You are Alpha and Omega. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> what is your day job, Parker? Well, Turbo's number one customer. That's right. <laughs> they they, Charo, they uh, pay you practically. Yeah, they're great. In coffee. It's, Turbo, it's they're great. Y'all are awesome if y'all are listening. <laughs> Sponsor? Sponsor. Sponsor. <laughs> hey. Uh, Parker? No, I was just joking. Oh. I was joking around. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and throw out what sticks out to me is synagogue of Satan. That's some pretty it's pretty harsh words. Oh, yeah. It's pretty harsh words. Does y'all say synagogue of Satan or something else? Is that a my mm-hmm. translation thing? Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, point of death. Crown of Life. There's some a lot of stuff thrown at you here. I'm just kind of hitting the high points yeah, that stuck out to me. Let's, let's dive in. Let's focus on uh, synagogue of Satan. Yeah. Um, I love how one of my favorite things when it comes to reading scripture is understanding it as like a it's a literary piece. It's a work of art. And synagogue of Satan. That sounds like some kind of like death metal band. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but it, I think it Surpr- paints. I, I'm surprised it's not already like a heavy metal I, band. It probably is. Yeah. We got to do some research, but um, I think it's it's one of those things like either you are obedient to God or you are directly opposed to God. And if you are directly opposed to God, even if you don't claim allegiance with Satan, it doesn't matter because you're doing his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of times it's easy to like, you know, say, well, I'm just, I know a lot of atheists are like, I don't really believe in this, but, you know, I don't really believe in that. I'm just kind of, you know, like there, like that's not. Yeah, not I, I think it's possibility. Who was it who said, um, it was either Parker or Blake who said in the garden, um, Satan came to uh, Adam and Eve and he didn't, he didn't put their eyes on him. He put their eyes on themselves. Yeah, he was Parker. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Blake was out. Oh, was yeah. <laughs> you little. I was in bed mm. with ice on my foot just sitting there. 
you were pumped up. Oh wait, we forgot. We forgot to ask him now that he's not hey, medicated. Like, does this is a quick pause from Revelation two? Does pineapple? Wait, does pepperoni? Wait, no, I said pineapple. Right the first yeah, time. I said right the first time. Okay, is does pineapple belong on pizza? No, and I'll give you my reason now. Okay, he was prepared. Pineapple is an acidic fruit. Okay. Okay. You put it on a pizza that's got like that don't sound good. Like you're putting a sig of food. This is why you broke your ankle. What did our our Instagram poll say? Let's get back into Revelation. I I think the Instagram poll was that pineapple does belong on pizza. So, well, y'all, yeah, look at that. Everybody I know says it does, but I still say no. Oh, it's because you want to be cool. You're wrong. How do I yeah. like it? Past he stories. doesn't like pineapple and pizza. He reads the New King James. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do not read. Oh, well. I found it. Just won't load. Now, if you guys actually read the 57 percent New... yes, 43 percent no. So mm-hmm. well, I love my 43 percent people. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. I was gonna say that if you guys if you guys actually point. read the New King James, please know that we're only joking. <laughs> <laughs> we love you too. Um, but back to back to Revelation. Um, so synagogue of Satan. Uh, paints a picture. You're either one or the other. You can't. You can't play in between. You can't play um, ignorant. You're one or the other. Um, and let's move on from there. Uh, what do y'all see? Yeah, one thing I noticed is um, it says Jews. Um, the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not. So is that just people that are claiming to to be followers of the Lord, or just that they are Jews? I think it's just calling out people that you know say they're one thing and they're not. Okay. I think put it in simple terms. Um, yeah, because I th- I yeah. think what we can we can maybe assume is if you look at how the Old Testament is structured, you have the Jews and then the Gentiles. The Jews were the people of God um, versus New Testament. Now that has come to include Gentiles. Um, it is a new kind of kingdom. Uh, it is Christians and then unbelievers, everyone else. And so it might be speaking in terms of that. And I don't know how soon they started calling themselves Christians. Um, I feel like it was pretty soon. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. And But this was, again, this was like 95 to 96 AD. Um, and so that would have been about 60 years after uh, the events of, you know, of, of Jesus Christ's uh, very short ministry. But... Um, at any rate, uh, I think we can we can maybe assume that. Yeah. So I guess you can this from from that you can tell that I, even though you're a Jew doesn't mean you're a Christian. And I guess yeah. Um, well, a lot of Jews, a lot of Jews, op- outwardly and openly oppose Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what my grandpa told me. Yeah. I want to say one more thing about just the synagogue of of Satan. Mm-hmm. Like one thing I when I was reading through it, I was like. Synagogue of Satan really asks you, like, what is your synagogue? Like, what what is your place of worship in your daily life? Like, are you worshiping the evil desires of the world, or are you worshiping the good desire or the goodness of God? Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it makes I, sense. I, yeah. It's something that I, as I was reading it, it just kind of hit me, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think know. also what you could say is like, it doesn't matter if it's a football field, a baseball field, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a podcast room, it, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a church building itself. Um, if it's not Christ, then your synagogue is is is, is uh, honoring Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. Is people can make their own idols out of anything. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, also too, one uh, piece of scripture that came to mind was in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because um, that specifically to this church, you know, it's kind of talking about basically persecution, suffer persecution um, from others and even in prison, like they're going to be put in prison too. And it's just like they're in terrible circumstances. You know, it's like, man, that kind of stinks from the outside and just, um, but, you know, as a Christian, but at the same time, it's like, it's so much encouragement um, from Jesus himself saying, you know, to be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. And just kind of, he gives them that eternal perspective and setting your mind on Christ, even through those, those kind of situations. It's a scary letter yeah. to receive, and I, but I, it's also like, you know, like kind of like, I want to, wonder what the reaction was because i always want to picture like on the other end like i wonder them sitting there reading it the thoughts of their head yeah. you know like we're basically being told we're gonna be put in prison and probably killed yeah I, I think um it's interesting to think about if anyone's listening to this podcast and has the ability to listen to this podcast it is very unlikely that they along with us that uh that any of us will under fully understand what it means to be in this situation what we will never understand the full scope of what um, the impact of this letter is because we're not in a place where Christianity is um, is a, a an offense worth killing over, yeah. you know? Um, and so I think it's also, it should be humbling in that way, you know? Yeah. But um, what else do we see? I think it's interesting how each letter is signed off the same. Yeah, he, I know he has that an ear. Yeah, but that's the common thing that stuck out to me when I was reading through all these for today. Kind of reminds me of whenever my parents would be like, um, there's a reason God gave you two ears and one mouth, you know. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, A fish with his mouth caught never gets caught. Or yeah, closed. Well, closed never gets caught. You oh, that? I've never heard fish that. Fish with mouth closed never gets caught. Because they didn't take me fishing. Oh, sad day. <laughs> it breaks my heart. Well, I grew up in a like cul-de-sac. <laughs> What? You could if you speared it. Yeah. What? <laughs> Fish? I guess. Bow fishing? <laughs> no, just catch it with your hands. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Carson, to go back to what you were saying, though. Like, <laughs> Blake's like, like enough what? of this nonsense. Give <laughs> well, me back to the scriptures. You, know, you said it ends off the same way, but I like how, uh, like, the first part of, of chapter 2 says, To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And then the, the second part says, he who overcomes uh, shall not be hurt by the second death. Or that's what mine says. Yeah, that's what um, says. And, you know, I think it's it's awesome that it, it ends with, like, the same message of he who, hear, who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Mm -hmm. But also expands of, like, what will happen once he hears right. from the Spirit. Right. So, it's yeah, good. it's pretty cool. It's good. And that, that goes on. Throughout the whole yeah. kind of letter to churches. Also, that kind of made me think um, we should go back to Revelation 1, verse uh, 3, real quick. And all it says, this is what, what verse? Um, One verse 3. This is what we're trying to encourage you to do. This is why it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. It's applicable, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I backtracked there. But no, that was good. No, that, that, was, that was completely worth needed. backtracking. 
Um, but yeah, so let's continue moving forward. I think we've covered, uh, pretty well covered the letter to the church in Smyrna. Um, do we have time to talk about Pergamum? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go for it. Uh, let's see who wants it. Uh, I can get it. Pergamum is that how you say it? Uh, per Pergamum, I think. Yeah, Pergamum. 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 What? Pergamum. That New King Pergamum. James version, man. It's all like that. <laughs> all right, Blake, you got it. I'm gonna just Wait, say is it that the New I... King James version? Yeah. It says per- Let's let someone else read. Hold on, hold on. I'll read. Have <laughs> an Here, let's see that. Just yeah, read Parker's Bible. <laughs> oh, look that. Okay. Here it goes. All right. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, write: These are the words of him who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You do not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was put to death in your city, where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you, among you who hold to the teaching of Abilam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give the person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Don't laugh at me. Balaam. <laughs> Balaam. I love when Blake reads. I learned, how to, I learned a new pronunciation for half of the Bam, Balaam. <laughs> um, I love you. I promise I you. I'm not making fun of you when I say this. I'm just doing solely for the fact of clarification. Um, he meant uh, teaching of Balaam, Balaam. which is, uh, it was a, a pagan. Um, Balaam was a pretty much a, a pagan deity. Uh, that was quite popular back in the day. Um, and Balaam was his uh, less popular cousin, I guess. <laughs> was. <laughs> and then, and then, yes, also the Nicolaitans. Um, but hey, I good reading. Right. Yeah, no, you, you, I think you said Nicolaitans. Once you get in front of a mic, man, some of the words just yeah. out weird. And looking at it and it's just like, oh gosh. Me and Blake have adopted the saying words are hard. Yeah, we say really that a lot. Is. It really is. Shouldn't but, you be like, word death or hard death or like something like that? At least I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I can't read it because I actually read the New King James Maybe. Version. Maybe. So. But anyway, let's not get, can't back, let's not get off track. Um, what do we see in the letter to the church in, or in Pergamum? Who wants it? Well, um, Parker? Something you really, you really don't want to hear is verse 13. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yeah, is that um, is that talking about just their lives, um, or like just where um, you know, like Satan is the ruler in their life? Is mm-hmm. that kind of what he means? Or? I think that's the way I interpreted it. Yeah, is I know where you live. That's also because mine says where you live, and it has like that dashed line, and it says where Satan's throne is. So I think it's saying. I know where you live, also where you live is where Satan's throne is. And then, yet you are holding on to my name and did not deny your faith in me. It's interesting. It's an interesting choice of words. Revelation is probably the most, you said it earlier in the intro, it's very symbolic. 
Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I think that is, the things that John is, we have to remember the context of Revelation. This is Jesus Christ's direct revelation to John about the end times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the end times, as we understand it, obviously we're only getting closer because, you know, time moves forward. Right. But um, many Christian scholars and theologians believe that we are very, very close. Like we we could be closer to the end times than we are to uh the you know the the resurrection the death and resurrection of Christ mm-hmm. it could be it could be before the next 2000 years is what they believe now it may not be no 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 one knows the day or the hour yeah. um and there is no one it, it it literally tells us that it'll come like a thief in the night yeah and so um the for that reason revelation is often seen seen as scary um, but we promise if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, this book is directly applicable to you. And also, um, it's it's really, it, it, it's beautiful. It's a love letter written to the church. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, this it, this is saying, so we, um, as Christians, we go through a process of sanctification in this life and then glorification. This is showing us, like when the sanctification ends and the glorification begins of all of humanity. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And also too, if like you're, you're listening to this and you're, you know, you've never read through, I guess, revelation heard about, you know, the time is coming and you just, you know, like you're not, you're not prepared or you're not, you're not ready. And you know, you don't have that relationship with Jesus and you aren't saved. And, you know, today's the day of, of that salvation. You know, there's, as long as you're alive, you still have, you know, time and God's, God's calling that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That's good. One thing I want to hit in here going back into this is contrasting this letter um, to Pergamum with the letter to Ephesus in terms of the Nicolaitans. Because yeah. you see in verse 15, it says, In the same way, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. So I'm taking that as there's people in the church that are holding true to their teaching, right? Yeah. And so when you go back into verse six to the letter to Ephesus, it says, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So I think it kind of shows the church of Ephesus is more on, you know, kind of, I'm trying to opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. If you're more in line with the correct doctrine. Yeah. If you have church members from Ephesus sitting in the same room as church members and from Pergamum, Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be an argument. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not going to be pretty, but, um, but yeah, that's a good catch for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, yeah, I think it 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 shows us that it goes both ways, and you know, it's like you can't. It's again, like we've been saying, you have to you have to watch yourself and you have to balance this, you know, love and truth. Um, and you know, if uh, this is direct evidence that um, if you neglect one or the other, Jesus Christ will convict you regardless of which end of the spectrum you fall on or which one you believe to be in the uh in the better place think about this we would we a lot of us would take the ephesians and say well they're in a much better place right no why because the same thing is being threatened to the ephesians as to the ones in pergamum if you have lost your first love it's just as bad as if you're you're practicing practicing sexual immorality and preaching heresy mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, with no love for Jesus Christ, there's nothing. Yeah. 
I think it's good too, as it starts off with talking about losing your first love, like in the Church of Ephesus, because it kind of sets a foundation too for, like, if you're losing, you know, the love of Christ, then you're gonna, you know, lose these other types of sins. Mm-hmm. So, it's good. Do any of you all have anything left on the letter to Pergamum? I think for Tom's sake, we need to. Yeah, we'll move on. The last thing I would say is I really like how it talks about the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I I think it just paints us a real good picture of Jesus Christ um, in that, you know, he comes bearing the truth. And, uh, you know, the truth is, for those who are not ready to accept it, is going to hurt just as bad as, you know, a double-edged sword coming right at you, you know? It's good. And and one thing, too, also, um, where it says, you know, when, when someone might hear where Satan has his throne... You know, like he does, God does allow him, you know, rule, you know, the the earth, but like he's, he's God and is over everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, we, we know he's the alpha and omega, the first and the last, and he's in control. And it's not like, you know, it's a battle for the, it's like when the battle's already been won. And so that's just wanted to kind of it's clarify good. that. It's good. Well, Andy, why don't you wrap us up and read this last letter for us? Let's go for it. You want to read it, my new king? <laughs> I'm going to do a hard Blake's going to show up next podcast with a new Bible. One of these days, all, <laughs> oh, this, all these jokes are going to get to him. No, I'll just get my Bible from the house. I'll steal my Bible back from Spencer. <laughs> nice. Well, let us know when you do that. Um, then we'll let you read. <laughs> yeah, then we'll let you read. Uh, anyway, uh, starting chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, to the church in Thyatira. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and your faith and your service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. Let me go back. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. As when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's some, like, good stuff there. That's an intense deep, letter. Deep. And that, I think, too, that's, you know, we're talking about checking yourself. I think that passage of Scripture right there is a major check yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure you're not indulging into the sexual immorality. Um, 
and like like Jezebel and what? I hit my what? Oh. Um, but <laughs> you know, just really checking yourself that you're not taking on the identity of Jezebel or the evil mm -hmm. desires, but you're putting on the identity of Christ. Um, doesn't really hold back to to their um yeah consequences either yeah yeah you know I think um one thing and and maybe I'm reading too hard into it I don't know but I really do like how he says um he refers to them as my servants so he's still claiming ownership of them right he hasn't forsaken them um and you know it it tells us in the Bible that you know like a good father will chastises children right and and the great tribulation that that jesus is threatening here is not um not a punishment that is without purpose right it's it's a means of refinement it's a means of discipline and um, i think it goes back to the scripture that says uh, there is no scheme of devil or man that can pluck uh any of us from the hand of christ yeah Right, the verse. and so um, there is no scheme of Jezebel that can pluck these men from from his hand. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to discipline them. Um, and I think that's why it's it's very specific in saying my servants. Um, and I I just really like that detail. I like how you caught that. I really do. I really do because a lot of times I know people will think like, you know, man, I'm too far gone, too far this, too far that. Like, no, you're still, God still loves you. He's still, you know, you're still a child of his. Yeah. But at the same time, he's a just God. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, I think that kind of re reminded me to going back to the word forsaken in, in verse four. Um, yet I hold this against you have forsaken the love you had at first. Um, because, you know, like, they're, they're still God's God's children as well, because God, He says, he, he, Jesus says, He'll never leave us nor forsake us, and so that kind of that's a really mm -hmm. good point, you know. Because I think I've I've had a bun bunch of anxiety about that at times, just like I messed up, and it, it's it's like, you know, it's, it just kind of discourages me yeah. instead of like, you know, I need I need to repent of that and continue following after Him and um, move on. Well, I've, was I don't remember if it was said in here or if I heard it somewhere else, but there's a difference in shame and conviction you know yeah i don't i don't remember where i, think, I heard that i think it, you said that maybe, maybe. Yeah. i don't know it was really really good and i think that's kind of where you're hitting on you know yeah. it's how the devil will use shame you know to try to discourage you but at the same time the lord will use conviction and there's a difference yeah. the lord will use conviction you know to bring you closer to him mm -hmm. yeah. and always remember you know if you're walking in sin right the lord will convict you and it's a um it is a productive thing that mm -hmm. god is trying to work in your heart yeah don't and and here's one thing I thought was a really good um, statement when I, I saw it. It's you know don't despise that which you pray for. Mm -hmm. Don't despise uh, the the frustration when you prayed for patience. Don't despise the discipline, right, and the punishment when you've prayed for discipline. Mm -hmm. Don't despise that which God has provided upon your request. Don't despise discipleship. That's what's happening. Don't despise, um, what is the word? Sanctification. Don't despise the process of sanctification because at the end of the day, it's it's painful, yes, but it's productive and it, it's, it's 
making us more like Christ, which mm-hmm. is more than what we could ever deserve. Yeah. I've heard it said like you pray for patience and then you complain about opportunities to practice patience. You know, I've heard it said that way too. Like you're given opportunities for what you prayed for, but then you complain about the opportunities and you don't take advantage of the opportunities. But that's going along with what you said. I like it. Yeah, it's good. That reminded me of Hebrews uh, chapter 12 verse, verses, uh, verse 11. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you found that. That was a really good part. But um, is there is there any other thing that we see? Um, what do y'all think? It's a rich letter. Like yeah. we, you could probably spend the whole yeah. oh, half a year preaching through this if you wanted to. I've seen it a lot in this. It talks about endurance. And I know for me in my life, one of my favorite verses is in Galatians. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's chapter 5. But you guys have probably heard it says, Do not grow weary in doing good. Yeah. You yeah. know, for the proper time, you will reap a harvest. And I think it's just an encouragement to, you know, Christians out there. Because I know a lot of times in my life, I'm like, man, I'm not really reaching anybody. I'm not really making a difference. And it's just, you know, a, like a refresher. Like, you know, don't grow re- weary in doing your ministry. Don't, go, don't grow weary in doing the right thing. Because you may not be seeing, you know, the fruit you're you're reaping right now, but at the proper time, you know, you will reap a harvest. And so I think that's just be a really big encouragement to um, people out there. And I know it is to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a just a good good reminder for you know college students, especially as yep. well, um, especially college students that are walking in the way of Christ right now. Like, don't grow weary of. I'm not sharing the gospel as much as I would like to, or uh, I should have stopped and talked to that person. Um, like, yes, take those opportunities when you have them, but at the same time, like, don't like beat yourself down on it because you've missed that opportunity. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think also, you know, don't grow weary of the fact that you have to carve out your own lifestyle in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go with the flow, then. I mean, there's there's really not so much of an option to do that in college versus, um, you know, when maybe you were in high school and when all you did was ride in the car to church. Now you have to get yourself up and get yourself to church, get yourself to do mm-hmm. those things. Um, and so if you're in college, um, even if you're in high school, you know, trying to do these things, uh, don't grow weary. Continue to mm-hmm. strain towards that goal of becoming more like Christ, and you will see um, just as it, it says in uh, Hebrews 12, the scripture that Parker brought up, there will be a harvest of peace um, and joy that will come upon your life. God will bless obedience. Yeah. I think um, I, mean, I think the biggest way I look at it is I know a lot of us in here do a lot of youth ministry. Yeah. Um, and so, you, I don't know, you may think at times like, man, I'm not doing anything. I'm not making a difference in these. And we might not see that, you know, now. But, you know, maybe 10, 15 years there's a harvest there, you yeah. know, from seeds that you planted in this time. And yeah. so that's the way I kind of yeah, look well, at it. Like, going along with that, like, I mean, I work in youth ministry as well mm-hmm. and going into youth ministry. Um, but, like, working, like, this a summer camp this summer, like, that was – Oh, that'll something. make you weary. Oh, yeah, it will. <laughs> it will. And, like, beginning of the year, like, I was uh, – or beginning of the summer, I was, you know, starting to grow weary because I was like, there's just so many students here, and I, I feel like I haven't done anything. And haven't, you know, taken the opportunity to do something. Um, and I remember there's this one church, though, 
story time. <laughs> um, but there was this one church that, you know, it was towards the end of the summer and like one of the guys had never like, like talked in church, never talked to like his youth minister, just wasn't really a sociable type person. Um, and I remember like I, I talked to him a few times and um, was just talking about, you know, the Lord's good, doing good things in your life. Um, and ultimately like just showing like the community service uh, behind Christ and how you can do that through Christ. Cause that was my, my job. Um, but it was in that moment too. I was like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel as well. Like if you're growing, if you're growing yourself with, or you're growing weary then you're placing a blockage on your life. Um, but when you're pursuing Christ without that the weariness, then you're finding like the, the trueness of it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's really good. I like that verse as well. Yeah. It's a really good verse hit on for that so i think that pretty much does it on revelation 2 what do you guys any final thoughts what do you guys final thoughts here um i good? think are we we're doing the two-parter on this right yeah uh, are we chapter uh, three yeah so, chapter three yeah so so if you um if you just finished listening to this thank you so much for listening um we're gonna hit the last few churches the last few letters um in another episode uh probably directly after this one so uh, that way we'll have completed all the seven letters uh, in the book of Revelation. So stay tuned for that. But other than that, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Blake? I think I think I would like encourage um, listeners as well to, you know, we've do we've dove through these uh, passages of scriptures and these letters to the churches, but also go back and read it and like. Yeah, take notes on it as well, mm -hmm. like yeah, notes and if, of stuff that maybe you, we didn't say. You'll probably so, find a lot, yeah. lot more things in than us too, because you know we're uh, <laughs> we're, we're dudes. only we're only a bunch of dudes, man. Yeah, no, no, I think it was good. And if um, you know, always make your own opinion on stuff, dive in for yourself, and you know, let the Lord speak to you that way. Um, but I really did. I think I enjoyed going over this. I really did. And if you want to see, you know, a certain chapter, um, certain book of the Bible, you know spoken on the podcast by us, reach mm -hmm. out to us. Yeah. And, um, and the hope, we'll be more than happy to look at it. Yeah. And I mean, shoot, we we're in revelation guys. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, only I, up from here. Yeah. <laughs> we can only, we, we can only go up from here, you know? Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. at any rate, uh, if you guys don't already follow us on social media, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. Uh, I know Carson, you, uh, <laughs> my TikTok you, stardom. Uh huh. Yeah. No, yeah. we're, we're, we're up there now, now, but uh, follow us on, on those platforms. Definitely. If you want to find the rest of our episodes, uh, then you can go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. That's going to give you all of our episodes. Um, and as always, remember, huh? Got to email us too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you have any questions, uh, I, start, comments, I almost started the request. outro early. No, you're good. Uh, make the time podcast at gmail.com. Because I love getting emails. So email me. I don't yeah. care if it's stupid. Email me. Can, I'll respond. They can reach out on, like, on Instagram pages. Yeah. Too, yeah. Um, there are no stupid yeah. emails. No, that you I can love send emails. I love if talking to anybody. Say, hey, Carson, I love you. Like, no, I, got, I, I even got a DM <laughs> on my personal Instagram the other day uh, talking about loving the podcast, and it made my day. Oh, yeah. really? Mm -hmm. yeah. You'll have very, to show very, us that. Yeah. I will. We'll do. I forgot to send that to y'all. But, um, Andy, you already started it, so I'm going to let <laughs> yeah, you start so, it. At any rate, thank you for listening. And as always, remember, if you don't have the time, make the time.